Welcome everyone to Divas and Tea, the podcast where three ladies talk business and spill tea. And we are back after a, a, a time. It's been a time. We're mm-hmm. here though. Hello. 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 Well, welcome to Hello. what year is it? It's it's 2022 now? Oh, it's 2022. You know what it's starting no, to it's, 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 it's No, I think it's, it's going 2020. By too fast. 2020 um the third that's what it is 2020 the third no not 2020 the third <laughs> <laughs> uh well and it's actually funny because our our first topic back i think is a is a pretty good uh reflection of that term exactly um Absolutely. and our, our our entire podcast by the way everyone who is listening is going to go through a little bit of a change so you're going to find that definitely that's very uh present in our first episode here first of all uh we apologize for any kind of audio that you might be hearing in the background for example some of us has dogs some of us have children some of us have children that are dogs and in this case you might hear that in the background um but it's not going to stop us talking about this uh very important idea of uh what i think society needs to start acknowledging and our topic today is what shaniqua high functioning depression it's a term that you know has been thrown out there in the news um recent as well as social media outlets um i'm sure uh, most of you are aware of the recent um suicides by miss the former miss um america and another um reality star in is is just something that's brought this terminology to the forefront, and I think um, while certain experts are trying to downplay its significance, I think it is extremely, extremely pertinent to a lot of what we have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, so I think it's something that we need to discuss, and it needs to be more talked about. Um, just not between you know uh, people like ourselves, but just on an um, expert level as well. So for me, like, you know, just to recap, high functioning depression basically means that, you know, people are going through bouts of depression. However, it doesn't show on the outside. For example, they're still going to their nine to fives. They're still working their um, businesses. They're still, you know, taking care of people, whether it's their family um, their, uh, friends or whatever the situation is, their children. And so you would think just by looking at them, see how they're dealing with their lives that, oh, they're, they're great. They're, everything is fine, but no, they're dealing with this depression and it's oppressive to them to the point that they can get, um, to, uh, feel like they need to take their life. And that's, that's something that, um, is unfortunate. And, we're not really addressing that. So just want to first define what high functioning depression is. And, you know, um, now we're going to get into like, you know, our experiences, what we know about it, what, how we feel about it. And we hope you guys um, enjoy this discussion because I think it's necessary. Very, very, very necessary. And, And you know what, Shaniqua, just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, this is all relatively, you know, new for me. I, I'm still trying to put my, my hand around it. I can't figure it out. I do not understand how um, you can walk around and just seem like, you know, everything is okay. And, and just, and you're not, if that kind of makes sense. Like for me, in order for to be sad, I feel like there has to be a reason why you're sad. Like, you know, I don't understand 
someone being sad and not, you know, fully understanding or not knowing why they're sad. So this is something relatively new for me and something that I, not personally, I'm going through, but just, you know, a family member is. And Mm so I am still doing a lot of research and I'm following up and um, I've found a lot of resources and tools to help, but I am still trying to figure it out, you know? I think what the what's very important for all of us is to acknowledge those moments where something just isn't right and not to ignore it and keep pressing on. And that's kind of what we do. Um, in particular, women, we're, we're known to keep moving, ignoring aches and pains or things that don't seem right because, you know, we got to keep the family going. We got to keep the, you know, whatever is going on in our lives, we got to keep it moving. And that's the, that's the thing that I want people to understand is first acknowledge that something's not right. You're, you're not feeling um, what we consider as a society as normal. Like, you know, enjoying certain things uh, like the movies, going to a park or things like that. You don't have any motivation to do any of that stuff besides the um, typical. And so just acknowledging that, it doesn't mean you have to shout it to the mountaintops, but just acknowledging that something's wrong is the first step to really fighting this. Definitely. You make and- a good point. I just wanted to give everyone a resource really quick. So just in case um, you or someone in your family or friend or whoever is experiencing um, any sort of depression, no matter what city or state you're in, you can contact 211. And most cities and states, they provide it's called a mobile crisis unit and they will send someone out to you. I mean, immediately. So if you know anyone who's experiencing, whether they're suicidal or not, they'll still provide resources to you and someone will come to you right away. They'll also provide ongoing. I'm not sure you would definitely have to check your state, but they will also provide ongoing support. So if you needed, you know, a therapist, um, something short term until you can find one, they'll provide different services for you. That's really great. Thanks, Michelle, for doing that. We'll make sure that we have uh, that information in the show notes as well. Um, just so everyone can go ahead and reference that there's, there's a lot of help out there. And I think that there are a lot of people who can relate to this struggle of high functioning depression. And and I would say that there is a large amount of people who would probably identify themselves as someone who wouldn't say that they struggle with their mental health. Um, but they find themselves dealing with the symptoms of what is high functioning depression. Um, It's interesting, Michelle, because I know that you were talking about like you can't understand how someone can be sad without having a reason to be sad. Uh, And uh, I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of of legitimate reasons that go along with what we're all kind of talking about. We're not experts, you know, in any way here, but I can at least say that I know for a good amount of those folks that uh, are diagnosed with high functioning depression, it's largely because of a chemical imbalance in their brain. Uh, and it's basically, it, it's something that their body is lacking that makes it so that they can feel, I guess the best way I can say is normal. Um, and sometimes their brain is providing their body, this strange chemical compound that basically makes your body feel low and sad. Um, Lauren, you need to be a therapist, girl. I've never heard it put that way. When I tell you, like, just trying to wrap my mind, mind around it. Like, I don't, I don't understand, you know, I'm like, if you're sad, there has to be, I don't know, the dog died, you know, um, 
the kids are sick or I'm not getting good grades. So to me, I couldn't wrap my hand around, you're sad, but you know, they're not being another part to it or, you know, a reason of, of why it's happening. And it's just, it's happening so much now, like, especially within our youth Yeah, that um, for those that do not know, we have a nonprofit um, building generations of hope, but because we're seeing it's like being becoming such a big problem in the community, we're doing a um, teen youth event where, you know, we mentor the teens and just trying to, you know, get them on track. By no means we're, we're licensed therapists, but we're just going to start like a mentorship program just to help, you know? Well, here's the thing. I think what we first need to do is stop trying to figure out like, what's the trigger? Um, Mm -hmm. There are none. There are no (laughs) triggers. Um, There could be a situation that could have you spiral more out of control, but there is no trigger. You know, we always have these mood regulators in our body, dopamine, serotonin, and those things when uh, off balance, you know, have shown to affect our mood and our ability to cope on a on a functional level. And sometimes, you know, because there's so many pressures with society, oh, wait, you know, what do you mean you're you're depressed? What do you mean? People push through even though they don't feel right. They don't feel okay. Because it's and, like a negative uh, stigma. Exactly. And we need to stop trying to figure out, well, you're you're sad. Why? Ain't nothing happened to you. It's not about that. It's a chemical imbalance. And um, like I said, if there is something that happened, it could spiral it to make it worse than what it probably would have been. But the thing is, is that, you know, there's not always a, a, a way for us to figure out how things um, come about. In the medical community, we call it idiopathic because it, it literally, we don't know. We don't know. That's basically what that means. So, <laughs> so now so you I'm, know that when you go to the doctor, if they're yes. like, we find you to be idiopathic. And you know. <laughs> These are facts. But seriously, it's, it's just that now and because of that, we, we spend too much try, time trying to figure out what it is. We don't know. It, it's okay. It's okay not to know. Now we're on a path of healing. What do we need to heal you? We need to talk about it. We need to maybe introduce some um, behavioral modification, some et- breathing exercises, something that's going to allow you to to get back on balance, you know? And well, where you were need. you a month ago? What do you mean? I needed you a month ago. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about stuff. Um, how can I say it? Retrospectively, right, Lauren? Like she tells us stuff after it's happened and I'm like, Okay, well, my number still I the mean, same. But you have to we understand to too, like, I, I grew up in an environment, I mean, I'm sorry, like a Southern Black, you know, mother, like, you know, for you something to be wrong, for you to be sad, something is wrong. Like, what's wrong? And so for me, it's, it's new for me. Like, I literally had to speak to, you know, a therapist just for, man, an hour just to, fully wrap my head around it and now I completely understand I mean I had a breakthrough I had a moment but prior to then I didn't this was new for me well I also feel like this is a great example of why it needs to be normalized that people are not going to be sad all the time because of a legitimate reason and it's we should start normalizing the idea of Mm -hmm. high functioning depression and really just depression in general and the fact that it covers not just a particular age group, 
uh, any type of societal group of people can right. be affected by depression. And and, I think- and, and, and and Lauren, let's let's speak on that because people think, oh, she has it together. Look at let's take um, um point Miss the former Miss America. The young woman's beautiful, just like, you know, um, well off, obviously, you know, and just doing so many things, having so many, making so many connections. Um, and still there was something that obviously was lacking in her life to the point where she thought it was best to escape by taking her life. So looks in, you know, um, where you are in life does not determine whether or not you're going to be free from experience certain mental health issues. No, and and I think that we should be more open to other people who might feel afraid to come out and say Mm -hmm. that they're feeling this way, Um, you know, and stop that whole idea of, well, this person seems totally fine to me, so clearly they're not suffering. I think that on all levels and, you know, in, in all forms of people, even the three of us, I think the three of us can say that we've gone through some kind of bout of it. Because when you, when you go through a dark time in your life, you really do see that it's something where it doesn't matter who's in your life, you know, what you have and all of your accomplishments. If you're feeling really dark and really sad and deep about something, sometimes Mm -hmm. all of that doesn't matter in the end. And then unfortunately your brain starts to play tricks on you. And I I hate to say it like that because I feel like that just makes it sound so lighthearted, but you know, your, your brain basically starts telling you ways out and you become convinced that these unhealthy ways, like a substance abuse issue, like Mm -hmm. a self-harm, you know, or, you know, to the, the worst end, which is unfortunately taking your own life. Um, you know, well, it- people got to think of it. Like, um, I think a good, um, analogy would be just like with a substance abuse, when you're dependent, it's like, you're chemically dependent on that substance. It's the same thing or similar with mental health issues is that, you know, that chemical imbalance that's going on in your body, you know, now it's like, okay, I'm, I don't have that there. So that dependency that I needed on the dopamine, the serotonin, there's no longer there. And so it's, it alters my, how I, how I act, how I think all those things. So it's, it's similar in action. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I would also like to say, like, just kind of talking again about normalizing, um, high functioning depression. I think that if you really were to sit there and survey exactly how many people might think that they have it, you'd be surprised by the numbers, especially with over the last three years of what everyone has dealt with. Um, and currently what's going on in the world today, you know, we all are like, well, the world is not stopping. So we have to keep going to work to pay our bills. We have to keep making face at, you know, family functions, because then if we don't, then it turns into, well, when am I going to see my family again? If we don't, you know, bother to go out to social invites, then people are going to think there's something wrong with us. So we, as people, even the folks that do have high functioning depression, find themselves agreeing to all these things and doing all these things that really they don't want to do but they do it anyway because they don't want to be out. They want, they don't want to be outsourced and looked at like they're any different from you or myself. Well, they don't, well, because questions, we question everything. Oh yeah. So intrusive, you know, people like, when are you going to get married? 
why are you still with that job? Why don't you do this? Or what are you oh going to have God, to do? It's like, mind your business. Exactly. Right. And so people don't want to deal with that because they don't know what's wrong. They're, they're unfamiliar with it and they don't know how to explain it to you. So they might as well just continue to function as normal so that they don't have to deal with you all in their business. That's a great point. I don't know if any of you ladies um, have done any research on COVID. Um, I've done a lot of research and I show that there's links between depression and COVID. Oh yeah, no Um, doubt. And I think too, it it comes from just being cooped up in the house, not having a lot of socialization, whether it's at work. I know a lot of people that worked from home for years, at least the last two years. And then all of a sudden they get a phone call, Hey, you need to now be back in the office. And it's like, huh? Like I'm so used to working from home. Now I have to socialize. Well, it probably has to do with the uncertainty as well, Michelle, it probably has to do with the uncertainty of everything, you know, and I think that can really affect people too, um, with how they, with, with, with how everything goes with their own mental health, you know, not being certain about where the world is going and where you stand in it, I think can bode pretty, you know, deeply on a person's heart and mind. Heck yeah. You, you got something that's essentially new and extremely deadly and is literally changing how we interact and what our new normal is. It can be very, you know, mentally, you know, effective. So um, I think to me more than anything, that's what I've seen versus whether it's just not being socially, you know, outward. Cause yeah, those, those extroverts, yeah, they, they had a difficult time during those um, moments where we were, um, quarantine and things like that but in general I think the uncertainty of everything and how scary it was you know the news and all they don't do anything to help it so they, they'll be not. like yeah have you running around with your head cut they off make your everything head cut off. 10 times worse than what it really is right <laughs> that's a whole other topic though that's a whole <laughs> A whole other episode. Um, so it's like you know, not to waylay your your um, research, Michelle, but I I don't I didn't have to research anything to know that it's just it's it's something that it, it was scary even for me, even though I still had to work through in the whole you know pandemic or whatever. But still, just like dang, what is this really? Because you remember, if you, if you recall, guys, and for those listening, we you know definitely were um, doing our podcast before the pandemic, and when we um at the, I guess, towards the end or or the beginning of um, COVID, we were like, hey guys, you know, calm down. It's not that serious, blah, blah, blah. And then it escalated from there and it just went (laughs) off the rails. And so then it was like, oh shoot, oh Lord, (laughs) people are dying. Italy's shutting down. Oh my God. You know, it just got really rapid. And I think people weren't, certain people weren't able to adjust to that very well, which is completely understandable. Definitely. And just to kind of piggyback off, you know, myself, my kids, originally when the pandemic started, it was, oh no, we're not going to be able to see our friends every day. Mm -hmm. No, we don't want to be, you know, just sitting in the house all day. And then after I would say a year and a half being at home and then just thrown back into school, it was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. I've been at home for over a year. Now this is too much. You know, I prefer to be at home. And um, for those that do not know, I just sold my childcare facility. And before they required us to wear masks, see-through masks, where the kids can still see our smiles and our faces and still 
you know, properly interact with us. And now looking back at first, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so silly. Why, why do we need see-through mask? And now looking back, it's like, uh uh-huh, I understand now, you know, I understand. They want positive interactions with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, to just acknowledge, you know, our human frailty. Like if you're having, if you, you have to pay attention to your body and your actions, guys, you know? So for example, if you're have a decrease in your appetite or you suddenly start overeating, you know, or, you know, you having difficulty sleeping or, you, um, or, or you're sleeping a lot, you have lowered self-esteem, you know, certain things that usually didn't affect you all of a sudden now it affects you a little bit more. And a big thing is like, making decisions, being able to concentrate and focus, like there's something going on. It's okay. Don't be scared of it. Just acknowledge it so we can get the proper help that you need because those feelings of sadness and hopelessness is, can become so overwhelming. And we don't want you to do something that, you know, would be obviously deadly to you and definitely detrimental to your, your loved ones. Yes. And I would even say, um, to those of us that are not who would not identify themselves as someone who's suffering from any kind mm-hmm. of depression, high functioning or otherwise, the best thing that you could probably do besides just read up on it and educate yourself on it is be understanding and try to empathize with someone who is, you know, who is dealing with this. And what I mean by that is, is that you don't have to sit there and make sense. You know, you don't have to sit there and make sense of what might be happening but you should be there for a person who might feel the need to come to you and relinquish some of these thoughts. And can I say even further, Lauren, be empathetic with yourself because some people who've never experienced these type of feelings, you know, they're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. What, what what's going on? They're disappointed in themselves. They're like, no, I'm too strong to, to be dealing with this. It, it has nothing to do with your strength or anything like that. It's something that could happen to anyone. So don't be so hard on yourself. Exactly. Um, well, everyone, I mean, we are basically at the end towards our episode, but before we leave you all, we, I'd like it if we all three just kind of gave our last thoughts onto this um, before we give our goodbye. So Michelle, do you have anything else to say about this? I, I mean, this is a pretty important topic and I'm glad we're I, talking about it. Absolutely, I do. Um, I just want to tell the listeners that once again, if you find yourself one in this situation, make sure you get help you know, speak to someone, tell someone, don't just allow it to sit inside. You definitely need to reach out to someone. Don't forget 211 is a great tool um, that you can utilize. If not, look in your city or state, any mobile crisis unit. And like I said, it does not have to be to the point where you're suicidal, but they'll still come to you. And for the person um, that has a friend or a family member dealing with this, just like they said, be empathetic. You know, you don't have to know, you don't have to understand, but just be empathetic. Well said. Agreed. Agreed. And my thing is that, you know, um, acknowledge it that, excuse me, that you're feeling, feeling tired, you feeling moody, whatever people want to describe 
um, your personality is. Don't take it personal. Just realize that, okay, wait, something is right. This isn't me. And once you understand that that isn't you, then you'll be able to identify some things that aren't going the way it normally would in your life. And you can um, talk to someone about it. You know, I'm a pharmacist by trade, but at the same point in time, I don't always advocate for medications. There are other therapies that you can do that you don't have to just jump right into um, medications because they come with their own set of issues. So just be um, be upfront and true with yourself for what you know is different. I think that's the first step, in my opinion. Absolutely. And um, just to kind of tie a bow on all that, what I will say is, is these are all really wonderful points um, and know that mental health these days uh, is very much acknowledged. And very much looked at as it's acceptable no matter what form it comes in. And there's plenty of resources out there and plenty of options available for people who might be feeling a certain way. And I'm going to use might because in the end, like we kind of self-diagnose ourselves, (laughs) um, which I know is kind of redundant for me to say, but uh, we, we do. And it's okay to find yourself in a position where you might feel like this is coming to you and there should be no shame in that. Um, And as a matter of fact, I think what you might find is, is that more people are out there just like you and that you're not by yourself. And it's definitely not a strange and unusual circumstance that you're finding yourself in. Life is very hard. And we're looking at what the world is currently giving to us and what it has been giving to us over the last decade. Like, I wish they would have taught us a class about adulting. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So 100%. So, like, you know, it's hard. It is hard out there for a fabulous person like you. And Girl, I struggled you know, this morning just getting up and getting my day started. And it's okay. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with it. Other people do. And that doesn't mean I'm going to let everything go crazy. But still, I have to realize that I can't be on top of everything all the time. I need breaks. I need to... Ign- to take care of me. Yes. And that I think ultimately is what we want to see from this. So um, as we mentioned before, if you check down on our show notes, we will have some resources available for you if you find yourself relating to this topic. Um, And even if you're someone who doesn't relate to this topic, this is really good stuff to know just so you could be that person to help someone in the future should they need it. Um, We are very excited to bring you some brand new content and some really fun new episodes. Uh, We're very happy to be back. So if you are looking for some more Divas and Tea, please feel free to find us on some of our platforms. We are on basically everywhere you like to listen for your podcasts. Uh, we are on social media. Please find us at Divas and Tea. And of course, if you have anything to share with us, please feel free to email us at divawithtea at gmail.com and we will happily read your email on our show. Uh, but with that being said, this has been Divas and Tea and we're signing off. Thanks for joining us, everyone. <laughs>